0: Well, I'm really just grateful for the opportunity to come and share a little bit, uh, share a little bit of what the Lord has been up to uh, this last school year, and and probably in a lot of ways just introduce myself to you. I mean, uh, there's a pretty good chance this might be the first time you're even seeing my face. Uh, and uh, yeah, so again, Eric Eklund, my wife Amanda, and I have, uh, we've been married 15 years this summer and we've been Christians for 16 years, and we've been on staff with crew for 13 years. There's a lot of numbers flying around, and we've lived in Sioux Falls for about nine years, and all but a couple weeks of that, we've been attending church here at First E-Free, and became members pretty quickly uh, after we started attending, And, and so this is a special place. We've We've also been able to partner with you guys uh, through financial and prayer support for seven and a half years. And we're just incredibly grateful for that, too. Um, we love what we do, despite all the, all the things I'm about to share with you. Um, and just couldn't be more grateful for the, the friends that we have here and just all, all the various people we've got to know over the years. So... Um, a little bit more about Amanda and myself. We, uh, we have four children. If you see any fiery little blonde-headed children about ages seven to four, that's our older three. Uh, we have a son and three daughters. Um, the last one's a brunette. Who knew? You know, <laughs> we, we got one brunette. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a joy. Uh, Mandy is able to homeschool them. She's able to work one day a week and spend the rest of her time parenting them and, and helping them uh, through discipling them and sharing Jesus with them at home. Um, uh, so for the 13 years that we've been with Crew, um, it, it's been an interesting journey, to say the least, the, the first year, we volunteered to go to China for a year and share the gospel there and uh, do whatever needed to be done there. Um, and in many ways, that really that, that softened us for what the Lord had planned for us to continue in later. Um, it got us out of our uh, Bismarck, North Dakota kind of... Uh, insulated bubble and we got to experience what culture shock was like. We got to experience cross-cultural ministry and uh, I think there's a thread in here. We, we came to have Chinese friends and we got to see the world through their eyes uh, in, a, in a deeper way than we had ever experienced uh, cross-culturally and from there, we, we went back to our hometown of Bismarck, North Dakota. I interned another year um, with crew, and that was the year that I started dabbling and going to a tribal college campus one day a week. My director, who I found out after the fact, just uh, in many ways just miserably failed to to accomplish much on that campus just kind of like nudged me and was like, hey, why don't you check out this campus one day a week? You know, if you knew him, he's a wonderful person. Uh, But also, uh, I think probably snickering inside as I I would give my updates to him weekly. Um, But it was through this, this initial process of going to this tribal college and even though I had permission from the, the school to be there, I in many ways did not have permission to be there. I, I, I took my ministry tool belt, so to speak, uh, kind of like an elastic waistband, one-size-fits-all approach to that campus, and, uh, and I just kept having one door after another just closed my face relationally. I would, I'd I try to shoot pool with the guys in this dorm I had permission to be in. I'd try to talk to students in a common area. They're just hanging out. Man, I was constantly questioned, what are you doing here? And uh, if you can't tell, I don't really look like a stereotypical Native American. I don't... Uh, much more Swedish, you know, uh, flavor. And... uh Instead of really being thwarted after a whole school year of just um, one, one seemingly failed conversation after the next, um, I had one experience that gave me a glimmer of hope, and I think it, it, it helped me to continue on, and that was uh, in, this, in this men's dorm. The resident assistant who watched me failing all the time and everyone leaving, when I would go to this dorm to hang out with the men uh, in this common area, he just asked me, what are you doing here? That, that same question. He's like, what are you trying to accomplish? And at that point, I just thought to myself, I just want to get to know somebody. I want, I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't think I'm going to get to talk about Jesus immediately, but if they would just talk to me for like five minutes, that would be a win at this point. And he said, oh, okay. And after that the men in that dorm would stick around and talk to me. Of course, that's, like, right at the end of my time on that campus. But instead of being really discouraged, I thought to myself, what is actually the barrier here? Why am I not able to talk to these people? Um, and growing up in Bismarck, North Dakota, no, no offense to Bismarck, it's a wonderful place to live and grow up and have a family, um, my, my worldview was never really challenged. I never had to see anything from anyone else's perspective, really. There was maybe a handful of ethnic diversity in the schools I attended. Um, most people had a very similar experience to myself growing up. Um, and so now, having experienced this uh, rejection in many ways, I just thought, you know, what is it? that's holding us back from talking and getting to know each other. And, uh, shortly after that, I was given plenty of opportunities to speak with people that had more experience than myself in that type of situation. And by God's grace, I just, I, I really had a growing desire to play a part in that, uh, particular outreach. And, uh, so we joined staff with crew. And if if you want to work with Native American college students and have someone alongside you to kind of coach you, that's a rarity. And there's a couple here in Sioux Falls. And so that's why I'm standing here. Um, we, we wanted to do that. And as we eased into that, we also were working with majority culture students at South Dakota State University and the University of South Dakota. And so we kind of got to just... Uh, one, one day a week, the first two years, we would uh, spend with Native students and familiarizing ourselves with how things were done here. And, um, and through that process, it just continued to solidify the fact that we, we believed the Lord wanted us to continue and work with native students, they gave us plenty of opportunities to kind of bail and pick something else. you know what i mean there's there 's a plethora of avenues we could have gone, um, but we just continue to lay it on our hearts to to continue and um, so for the last seven years i 've worked entirely with native students, and that's uh, i don 't think there's Anyone, like from one community to the next, from one school to the next, you could probably have a different experience. Uh, but my personal experience that I can speak from continued to be uh, more hesitancy that I was met with, more uh, distrust, and all the people down the line that showed me those things are wonderful people, in my opinion. I mean, they really care about the students getting an education and all of that. Um, but there's some hard customers. They, they, want, they want you to prove that you care. And uh, so just for seven years, I've pretty much been going by myself to campus, just praying on my way, uh, having some plans sometimes. Uh, but initially, just a lot of prayer and just going and see what would happen, see who I could, I could talk to. And my first step is to, to talk to the ultimate gatekeeper at SDSU of the American Indian Student Center, and that's the director of that center. And uh, I set up an appointment with, to talk with this woman, um, and 15 minutes in, you know, I'm, I'm pretty forthright, with my intent, I'm not trying to mask what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, I'm with a, a Christian organization who wants to talk to Native students about Jesus, but in a way that uh, makes a little bit more sense to them. And 15 minutes later, she just said, I don't have time for you. <laughs> Come back next fall. And it was the fall. So uh, long story short, I, the Lord just kept opening doors, it was that year of, uh, of not getting this woman's approval um, that I met the chaplain at the boarding school in Flandreau, who is a friend to this day. After feeling each other out a little bit, just seeing if our theology and our, our ministry philosophy could mesh well enough, uh, we, I started to partner with him. We, we would hold uh, men's Bible studies, co-ed Bible studies, uh, community nights where we would feed students and play games with them, color pictures, and just get to know them relationally. And uh, so that year, that that opportunity arose. In the so the next fall, I, I set up another appointment with uh, this director, and I think she was surprised to see my email. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, those guys don't typically come back a year later. Um, But there I was in her office, and she gave me pretty much the same sentiment as the first meeting, and uh, God bless her. Um, There was a new staff at the center whose younger sister took part in Nations, our our ministry to Native students through crew at the University of South Dakota, and instantly I was in and had favor. They're okay with me bringing uh, Native believers in to share their testimonies, to... uh, to have nights where we talk about what what would it look like to follow Jesus and and having students attend those things. I think sometimes mainly for the food, but we would have good conversation to follow. And ever since then God continues to keep the door open there. And a big part of what I do has to be uh, rooted in a genuine Uh, desire to get to know the people I'm working with on these campuses. They can sniff out fake intent like nobody's business. I think most of my native friends have had a lot of people come into their life and exit really fast, um, hoping that they'd have a good letter to write or something like that. And um, so over time when the staff like at SDSU and that American Indian Student Center just see you come back week after week, volunteer with other things that they're doing, with fundraisers, feeding 25, 30 students at a time for another student org and just getting to know students. Um, Over the course of time, they they can see that I really care. Um, All of those things for a Native student really add up to an environment that uh, the more family feel you can have on a campus, the more likely they will actually stick it out and get their degree. Um, if they feel uh, like they're not welcome or they feel that uh, that pull from home, they're gone really quickly. So um, the the campus, like at SDSU, has really seen our partnership with them as a one more um, way for students to feel at home, which is amazing, and um, so even to this last spring semester, as I'm praying, I'm, I'm doing these various things kind of on my own. Um, uh, I've I've prayed for a, a long time for a, a believing student to help me out, and. I don't know how much experience you have in Native communities or how many Native friends you have, but it is, it's relatively rare to find a young, especially a young Native person who's stable and who loves Jesus. Um, but I I had a student go with to our conference in November, this last November, and at the conference, this girl said, "I'm, you know, I, I had known she was a believer, and she just said, what do you do at SDSU? She she stays kind of away from the Native Student Center for the most part. And I told her, and she says, I want to help you. So, okay, you know, let's, let's go ahead and uh, plan some things together, some events for students to come to. And then that eventually became a Bible study and a time to really get to know the students that were coming. And she would invite, this girl would invite everyone from her. uh, There's a a native scholarship fund called the Wokini Scholarship Initiative. She invited everybody at that meeting to our times, and right away we had it was about eight to twelve students attending, and and discussing what what the Bible was saying about Jesus. You know, just looking at uh, the text and um, in many ways, kind of unme- beginning to unmesh what they were kind of taught to believe about Jesus or what the past would kind of predetermine for them to think about Jesus and Christians and start to separate those things and and be able to look at him um, in a new way. Um, one, One of the students that was attending these, his name is Michael. And for the last three years, I had little to no effect on having Michael want to talk to me. But this, this last school year, he started talking to me. And it all just kind of lines up really well to, to graduation. But the, this one young man in particular, I, I started to hang out with him a little bit more, started to talk about deeper things in life. And, and my prayer was, God, would you, would you make it possible for me to read the Bible with Michael? And that's in and of itself is kind of a, a hard sell. Um, but after Bree wanted to help and we started doing these things and we started reading the Bible at these nights, my, guess who's there? Michael is there. And um, I remember one time in particular where we're, we just read passages pertaining to Good Friday. And they're about to take a break from school. And I see Michael, who would I would say he's pretty much a self-proclaimed uh, agnostic or atheist. Carefully take that sheet of Bible verses and slide them gently into his backpack, like he didn't want to hurt that sheet of paper. He was going to look at it later. Um, and I just—it's—it was it's small things like that that helped me to keep going and to continue to offer. Um, opportunities to read the Bible and talk about Jesus with native students um, at SDSU, and we're just continuing to to pray and trust the Lord for another semester of being able to ride that wave into um, this school year. So that's that's a little snapshot of what it looks like for us to to be on campus. We could talk to no end about all the particulars and different stories and stuff, but I hope that gives you a little insight to, to what we do. Um, the last thing I would say, too, is that director that gave me all the hard time, seemingly, she she transitioned roles, and before she left, I was in the American Indian Student Center cooking a meal for a bunch of students, and, and she came up to me and she asked me, you know, how are you doing, Eric? Uh... And I I updated her and I told her about some of the students that had dropped out of college that I'm still in their life and updating her on them and and just telling them about the things that I see in their life. And and she just looked at me and she said, Eric, I didn't like you at first. (laughs) I finally got to hear it. I was like, I knew you didn't like me. Um, I knew it. But you you don't often get to hear when people don't like you in that context. So I I was like, okay. Um, I just kind of snickered at that, you know, it was lighthearted. Um, and, and she just looked at me, she said, you know, I think you've really gone about everything so well. And, um, she's like, I'm glad you're here, basically. And that is another thing you really are probably not going to hear a lot of. And I just thought, wow, i you know, I'm not looking for her approval. I'm looking for the Lord's approval. But for her to be able to see that as an unbelieving person and, and see that the impact we're having is positive, regardless of the fact that we want to talk about Jesus and she doesn't like that, was pretty big. And I just took that, and I thank the Lord for that. So um, the the last thing I, I really I feel like the Lord is, has put in my heart for a while is to to help others um, grow in empathy toward our Native neighbors. Um, I myself didn't grow up with a, a very high view of Native people. I wasn't taught to. Um, but I've, I've come to have very dear friends that are Native. And I think one of the things for face value, we can look at our Native neighbors and, and, and see maybe all the stereotypes lived out at times, we can see the, the presence of just dysfunction and uh, struggle, and and fail to see the the human, to fail to see the person, um, and I, I think. For myself, I I have to put myself in their shoes, and I have to. I have to be honest with myself and say the Lord could have very easily placed me in a native family in Pine Ridge. He could have placed me where in this student's neighborhood that I I know has just had one family member die after another. Just devastating losses. I I could have been his neighbor. God in his sovereignty. He could have placed me there. Um, And that is really humbling. And, and so where I've grown up and where I've been positioned to know Christ, like, what will I do with that, you know? Will I, will I just say, wow, thank God that's not me, or, or will I actually uh, stop and say, you know what? I've, I've been given a pretty stable life, and I, I, I would consider Native friendship. And through friendship, I've come to really have the most empathy grow in my heart. And um, and over time, just hearing about our past with Native people, imagining, you know, tonight we had some friends over after church, and my daughters, one of my daughters is playing with me and being silly, and, and just thinking about her being taken from our home and put in a, a residential school against our will, that that helps grow empathy in my heart Um, and and, uh, you know to have their language beat out of them to speak another one to have what they know to be uh, day to day life taken and and uh, forcefully removed from their life the trajectory that my children would be set on would probably be a more destructive one as well and I, I can't be too uh, naive to, to think that that wouldn't be the case. So my prayer for all of us is that we would um, ponder those things, that we would ask the Lord to soften our heart uh, when we see our native neighbors or um, it could even be a person stumbling by or asking for money. Just Just help us to have a softened heart and to to not count all those things against them, that they, they're they still uh, created by God. So, um, yeah, that's all I wanted to share. If there's any, I don't know how much time we have, Don. If there's time for any questions, I'm happy to answer any questions you have. Sure. Um, so, um, like Michael or anybody who drops mm-hmm. out, are you able to stay in contact
1: with them? After yeah. They-
0: yeah, that's a really good question. In my experience, um, like the average college student is a lot more linear and their trajectory is normally away from me. And, but I get to see them on Facebook or social media and they have kids and they get, or they get married and have kids and stuff um, with these young Native men and women. Um, I, I might feel like I'm on this linear path, but they'll keep rounding back and intersecting my life. <laughs> Whether they, there, there are some very consistent friendships that I have, but oftentimes that I, I perceive that there's some shame or something that will make them exit my life. Or maybe it's just how transient their life is set up, but they'll always come back and hey, Eric, you know, good to see you, you know, and we'll, we'll pick up where we left off. Um. Once they know that you love them and you care for them, there's kind of this gravitational pull that brings them back into your life over and over again. And um, Maybe that answers your question, but, yeah, I try to as best I can. Yeah. Sure. Sure. At South Dakota State University... I couldn't tell you an accurate number currently, but I know that they have, through this scholarship initiative that they started, I want to say about five or so years ago, maybe six years ago, they've had an increased amount of freshmen every year. And I think when we're counting numbers in Native communities or in a Native context, that is a very fluid number. Whatever someone's telling you, it's probably more fluid than you would think, because the transient nature you know they might go from one reservation to another they might leave school and then come back a year later Um, so i don't have a hard number for you on that but i probably spend time with about 35 to 40 students that consistently interact with that center to get tutoring or um, eat food or hang out with me or other programming that's there yeah it's kind of like their living room on campus so, yeah that's another good question a lot of them will major in things like social work or um, they'll have an interdisciplinary uh, deal where they're, they're doing something pertaining to their culture and then um, maybe something that doesn't have a, a proper major yet a lot of them want to study their language Lakota language and um, I've met biology majors. I've met uh, fish and wildlife majors. Like Michael that I mentioned, he's a fish and wildlife major, just graduated. Um, Nursing students, a lot of nursing students. Um, But yeah, that that really can vary. Yeah, that's a good question, though. A A lot of them really do care about their communities. Like the ones that make it to college... They probably have been set up the the very best, in my estimation, to to be able to be stable. And a lot of times, they really care about their people, so they want to go back. There's a poll to go back and help. Yeah. Did you have a question? Oh, okay, perfect. Barry, what's your question?
1: Yeah, first of all, I just want to thank. Yeah. Um, I'm like... For us to mm-hmm. help you be better at the
0: church. Yeah, that's a good question too. I don't I don't know if I have a perfect answer for you on that one. Um, I think um, for me personally it's always been somebody's job to to meet with me and to do discipleship until it was Terry's job to meet with me and do discipleship. Um, I think one of the things both my wife and I have valued immensely over the years is just um, having other believers in our life. Um, and that, that has to be a pretty good fit, I think, in order to, to pursue that. Um, but if you th- ever think about us, if you pray for us, uh, if you ever want to talk about um, even in monthly updates or when we get updates out, I I will be relatively vague just because of how spider-webbed our native communities are. I, tr- I really try not to, like, um, yeah, put Michael in a, a monthly update without his permission. Even with a pseudonym, you could easily figure out a lot of who I'm talking about and then just... So if you ever want to ask me how things are going, I would be happy to, a- like, answer that for you. That'd be another just kind of being seen I guess and and understood that we're that's what we're after. That would be cool. You know, ways that you pray with us toward things. Yeah.
1: We know historically that there are a lot of intertribal tribal
0: Yeah. Brother, oh yeah. Do you detect those
1: that still exist?
0: There's a lot of teasing. I don't know if there's any real deeply rooted animosity with the students I work with. Maybe as, like, a more broadly as a community. Like, if you have, um, like, Sichangu, Lakota, like, where Crazy Horse came from, and then you have Crow student, like, a Crow community, they would be, yeah. Yeah. Not quite like the United States and, you know, <laughs> and, and, crazy horse, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there there could be a little more animosity, but w- there's more teasing with the students I'm with, yeah. They say, oh, you're from Crow Country, and they give them a hard time or something, yeah. Yeah, Jay? How many days a week are you on campus? And
1: yeah. What,
0: what's your with the that- Yeah, that's a good question. So I try to, <clears throat> we, we kind of have a a rule, and since the nature of what we do is like we're driving an hour to a community and then driving an hour back, and you want to maximize that time, the mileage, and the time on campus, we we try to just stick to two like campus days where we are off in Brookings or Flandreau. Um, yeah, because I. Uh, my wife could probably speak to it more, but just having four little ones and stuff, just being around a little bit more is really helpful to her. So I try to maximize those two days, and then I do more administrative stuff on the other days. And there there are always going to be some, like, opportunities here or there. Um, let's say a student graduates from Flandre Indian School and then they move to Sioux Falls. I will gladly meet with them or we'll form a Bible study in Sioux Falls, and it's it's never us that disband the Bible study. They maybe get a job or something that falls apart, but um, I do spend some time with stu- like people that were going to school here in Sioux Falls, too. Um, it really has evolved over time. And, yeah, that's a g- really good question. What was the second part to your question? Just
1: what what do you do School? Do you, do you yeah. the Bible study there schoolers?
0: Or- yeah. So in this last school year, I have spent a uh, third to half of my time raising support. So in the time that I'm raising support, I would have been doing a like a Bible study there. But as just things shook out, I, I helped with the community night where we do the, the bigger events, help get to know the students. And then after they, they see that we care about them, it's so much easier to invite them to His Sunday evening activities on campus or to Bible studies that he was doing himself. So I just try to help um, warm him up to the thought of talking about Jesus and and attending those other things. And um, at at Philander Indian School, there's no music classes, there's no art classes, there's none of that. So the the stuff we try to do, we're trying to help meet a need there too, creatively. While we're getting to know the students. So that's what I did this last year. But typically I would help with a Bible study too. Yep. Is that about it? I have one. Sure.
1: Do you know how many individual giving units that you, have, that you have raised support from? How many people do you get support
0: from? Currently? Uh, a little over 130. Um, but if you looked at my phone contacts, you'd find about a thousand contacts. Yeah. But a, probably a couple thousand. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, to continue. But you, you've chosen probably one of the most difficult people groups to try to reach under any circumstance, mm-hmm. let alone on a college campus. And now you're, you're seven years in. Yeah.
0: Um well <laughs> no, that's a great question you you always you don't want to assume anything either you don't want to assume that um but one is one has been the 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 very generous um, support and partnership of others um one of the beautiful things about partnering with hundred and thirty couples or uh, you know, hundred and twenty four couples and six churches is you really have a pretty um, a pretty good idea of how how many people are praying for you and things like that. And I, when I call those people to thank them and catch up on life, uh, it's a really beautiful thing for them to, to give encouragement. That helps. Just the encouragement of the body, um, and then also uh, there, I think there's something about being a father that is in there too. I see. I'm I'm not getting any younger, so I, I keep seeing these uh, the fresh incoming freshmen or at Flander Indian School they could be 14 years old. That's a, uh the entry level age, and I just look at them there. They're not that different in age than my own children, you know, and I or, or maybe like a big brother type of feeling. And I just think, man, um, I, I I do deeply care when I look at them. I care. And I can't attribute that to myself because, like I said, I was <laughs> I mean, for a lack of a better way of saying it, very racist as a kid um, toward Native people. But God has given me a love for them. I can't really, I guess I can't describe it past that. And it just continues. Um, Yeah. It may be as simple as that. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I also keep seeing his hand as he keeps the door open. You know what I mean? It could shut this semester. I don't know at SDSU. But he keeps people... I literally have native faculty and staff say, This is Eric Eklund, and he does nations. Listen to him and what he's going to offer you as an opportunity every year. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That shouldn't happen, I don't think.
1: Well, of course, that's the result of you staying for seven years.
0: Yeah. I couldn't tell you how many students at both schools I've had ask me, Are you coming back next year? Yeah. Are you going to leave? Yeah. That's a that's a question you'll be asked a lot if you become friends with native youth. Yeah. All right. That that about it, Randy? You have any more questions? Well, thanks again. Thank you so yeah.
1: Well, let's close in prayer and then have our final hymn. Father. Uh, thank you again for this night and this gathering of, of your church here, um, and we pray for Eric and, and his family as uh, he continues to stay, to remain, persevere uh, in what you have called him to, and, and we pray that, again, you would uh, break down barriers uh, between cultures and um, with your word. Jesus Christ is the answer for that, and we pray that, um, that, that the name of Christ would continue to go forth. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.